Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the next Swim for Tribe podcast. I'd like to introduce an old friend. Uh, she came and did some swim courses with us a long time ago and has been a great friend with attending training camps and other sessions, bumped into many races. Dr. Claire, I'd like to welcome you and you know draw on some advice and some knowledge that you've gained. You've, uh, you've someone I've been wanting to speak to for a while now, an interesting medical career. In initially, you were a GP. No, initially I was a psychiatrist, ah, um, that, okay. so I did all my mental health training first and then went into general practice. Then, okay. Um, and then did a bit of both when I moved to London back in 2006, which must have been about the time that I met you at um, training and things in, in London. It, it was that. Um, and then the, the sports medicine then ended up kind of being an addition on top of the two of those things later on. And you went down, or you sort of, you took that uh, at Bath University, didn't you? Yeah, that's right. I remember um, now. It's a, it's a great course. I, I kind of did it initially just because I was really interested in sports psychiatry. It was kind of an emerging field because the sort of London Olympics were coming up and there was a lot of stuff with um, Steve Peters and psychiatry and the British cycling team. I don't know if you remember that. Gosh, and, yes. Um, it it had always been sports psychology up until then that was always talked about, but nobody really was going into the world of sports psychiatry. And the course wasn't really geared up to that. It was very um, physical, I guess, um, and not so much about mental health, but it, it definitely was a it was a good revision, I guess, and it, it served me well. It was a good course. That's interesting. Okay, so it's weaved together nicely. Um, mm. and, and yeah, you don't really hear about psychiatry, sports psychiatry, do you? It's always the, the you know, the, everyone's talking about the, 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 either the, the, the physiology or, you know, uh, but this is something different. And, and you've used that now to create cognitive sports therapy. Tell us, well, before we come on to that, let's talk about your background a little bit more. You were originally a swimmer? Yeah, I, w I swam in my, I guess, youth um, for Bangor Swimming Club in Northern Ireland um, and sort of got to the sort of Ulster squad kind of level and nationals and that kind of thing um, back in the day. And I, I kind of ditched that when I think a lot of people ditch their, their first sports when I probably was about 15, 16 um, and revisited it when I went to university um, and around the same time started to do a bit of running and realized I was a reasonable runner as well and then people then start suggesting you should try triathlon and triathlon as we know is very addictive um, and I never really looked back then I kind of I quite like the fact that it, it's a cross-training sport so you don't you know kill yourself doing a lot of running and it still brings in my swimming which I've loved getting back to and I've actually gained a love for cycling, which was a bit slower to come. <laughs> Fantastic. And, and yeah. how was the transition? I mean, for me as a pool competitive swimmer, the transition to open water was quite, was quite brutal. I really didn't enjoy jumping into the London docks for the first time when I, I tried the London triathlon. Um, I mean, to be honest, I, I, w I did not prepare at all well. I just assumed, oh, I can swim. Um, that's the least of my worries. I'll, I'll, I'll figure, you know, I'm more worried about the bike and the run, but actually, you know, lack of clarity, hundreds of people around you. How did you make that transition? How did that work? Yeah, it's a funny one. I think, I think actually I'm more naturally suited to open water swimming than pool swimming. And I think back in that day, 
I don't think there was many people doing a lot of open water swimming. So you just did do your pool <laughs> swimming. You swam for however many hours a day. And I never got a, an, a look in, in in open water swimming. And actually, even the distances I probably was swimming at that time, there wasn't really many races that you could go into. I was very short course orientated. So it was all 50, 100 meters, 200 maybe tops really the occasional race would come up that was 1500 but um a lot of the racing was kind of quite short course for me anyway um and my i guess maybe that was just northern ireland and the, the club that i was swimming with but um i think it really suited me getting into the longer distances actually with the swimming um i'm not i'm not aggressive i hate being in the midst of the kind of um hundreds of people i do remember london and doing london the first time and being overwhelmed by that washing machine <laughs> but, but, um you know it's just it's mental isn't it so i still now i put myself at the edge of a you know a pack even though i know i'm fairly um i should be at the front i kind of put myself always to the side because i just don't like being in amongst other swimmers it, it still it, scares me even now i think there's a lot to go wrong isn't there so it, it, i think it's not a bad idea to be a little bit defensive a little bit protective and you know, maybe take the slightly wider line. Um, you'll soon chase down and, and get back in position without all the elbows going on. Um, yeah. And and when you when you sort of found your way to London, did you join a triathlon club? I well, I joined Serpentine. Serpentine. Um, that was my kind of was my social outlet as much as anything. I think I moved to London, didn't really know very many people knew that I wanted to do something with triathlon because I dabbled with it in Scotland before I'd moved down. Um, and Serpentine kind of ticked, you know, all those boxes. So that's, that's where I spent a lot of my time. You know, it's when I did my sort of Wednesday night runs and I did my um, cycling with them. But I, I swam with you guys. That's My swimming was all with Swim for Try at that stage. I didn't really get into the Serpentine swimming. Um, yeah, I love Swim for Try. <laughs> uh, and, and that was Thursday nights at Kensington, was it not? It was. Yeah, that's where. I think I occasionally went along to London Bridge, but yeah, it was mostly Kensington because I was living in Notting Hill at the time, so um, that was my session. And actually, up until then, because I had done, I probably had done triathlon then for a couple of years, and I hadn't really worked on my swimming because I'd always seen it as being my strength. So I just kind of had just gone to a pool and swam up and down. But having done some work with you guys, my my times just dropped. I don't know if you remember. It was kind of like getting back to kind of back to the old days of doing proper training and swimming and someone looking at your technique and oh, I don't know you really remember but you completely overhauled my my, my stroke which had become That's... really sloppy <laughs> um and it was amazing because you always think with swimming you know there's a lot of effort for a very little time game but actually I've, I still hold to this that you can put that effort in and although it doesn't change your swim time that much it, it means that you get out of that swim and you're not fatigued and you you can then you know you're setting yourself up then for the rest of the race in a much better position so I think I think swimming is one of those areas that people should really put more time into because there's a lot to gain through it and you, you've actually started doing a little bit of coaching yourself is that right have I? Where did you hear that from? Uh, <laughs> or there are plans to. There are plans to. We we've put we've we've been thinking about and talking about that for a little while, but it's not quite materialised just yet. Yeah, I mean, I, it's a bit like that thing. Of, I think you, we shared similar things on on Facebook at one point to say, you know, I, I'm not, you know, I don't. What is the thing about being Google? I'm not a doctor. I'm, I'm <laughs> a doctor Google type thing. It's, people think that they can do your job because they've. You know, I've looked at Google enough. And I'm not a swim coach. I've never done swim coaching. Just because I've done a lot of swimming doesn't really mean I can coach. I've I've kind of 
you know, I've given my opinion. Given the, oh, okay. <laughs> to, that's... Side. Um, and I think I've probably got a lot of valid opinions. And, and that's not just from being a swimmer, but obviously as a medic as well. I can see the position that people are in and what, you know, in the same way that I can sit back and think about the position someone's on a bike, that that's going to wreck their back. And someone the way someone's running, that's going to really do their knee in. So I, I have a take on it that is valid, but <laughs> I'm not a swimming coach. Yeah. I'll leave that to you. Send them to you. It, it's uh, I don't know. I don't know if I if I see sort of somebody. You know, we often hire a couple of lanes in the pool and share with the public, um, and you'll see somebody. You know, and it, it's you want to go and talk to them about before they injure themselves and, and it, yeah. it, you know, you, it, it's with good intentions, but you know, you've probably just upset them. So sometimes it's better to hold, hold your tongue. <laughs> yeah. Which, um, Wait till they come to you. Yeah. 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 Um, which, um, you, you got into Ironman quite early, didn't you? You went to, do I remember <laughs> Finland? I went to Finland. Um, mostly cause I, I, joined a social group and um they were going to Finland to do Ironman and it was really early on I think I'd done maybe two Olympic distances and I'd signed up to do this Ironman um and I think I did one half Ironman as a training exercise on the way to that Ironman and um I smashed it. I was so impressed with myself. I, I went to it and my friend who'd come with me, who's finished, who we were staying with, she kind of said, you know, you want to aim about 14 hours of this. This is your first Ironman, et cetera, et cetera. And that was great. And that was the kind of mindset. Because, because until you've done one, you're never really sure how everything is going to fit together. Um, and I kind of went sub 12 in that first Ironman. And it was kind of, again, it's just a, I think I'm just set up to be endurance. I am not, <laughs> I'm not a sprinter. Fantastic. There's not a sprinting. Um, muscle in my body but I can kind of seem to be able to keep going I, I suspect that's a lot from the swimming background I don't know if you felt that yourself it's just there's a lot of endurance that goes into swim training that you know my engine is clearly there um, definitely definitely nature nurture whatever it is but um, I enjoyed the Ironman although saying that I've only gone back and done one more since that I can, <laughs> and I wonder I should do more but it just takes up so much time well i was going to ask what are your sporting plans for the future i mean you have three children now so surely that's uh, a massive impact <laughs> i mean do you have any time do you have any time well I, i've kind of i think i've made a bit of a slow kind of comeback the, the the two years ago i kind of came back in at sprint distance and got you know got to go to glasgow for the europeans so that was amazing and then Last year, the plan had been to try and qualify for Nice for the half Ironman. So I picked my qualifying race and got there. So I went to Nice and, and, and raced at the World. So that was amazing. And then this year's aim had been the London Marathon. And then it had been oh, an yeah. ultra, um, the Lakes Lakeland 50 in July. But um, And it was all about running this year was the plan. But it's all been kind of postponed or cancelled. So um, I think this year is going to be a not necessarily a non-year, but it's a, it's going to be a quiet year. A quiet year, um, yeah. I mean, and and that that let's let's think about your latest venture because obviously we're all in lockdown now, and we're all you know being sort of uh, we're being stressed and we're being um, you know it's a challenge, isn't it? And, and you know, your yeah. background is, can you give us some advice? How should we be coping? Yeah, so I mean, maybe I kind of say what I do. So 
cognitive sports therapy is being sort of set up because we know that um, the things that help us when we feel stressed and when we feel anxious and when we feel low, we know that exercise helps. Um, big time, we, there's a big study that was done that showed that exercise was as effective as um, talking therapies um, for, for our mental health. So that's, we, we kind of know that, but it, it's great to have evidence behind it. Um, we know that sort of mindfulness and breath work and meditation is really great, particularly for anxiety. And then we know that therapy works. So what we've um, done is created programs which combine all of that together. So you can sort of individually see us or you can kind of sign up to sort of a, a group program where you get all kind of three factors kind of looked at. And I think whenever you kind of talk about ways of coping um, at the minute, I, I did a kind of a mnemonic, which... I, I really love it. I kind of, it, I, it must have been a, 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 a eureka moment, but it, it, it <laughs> kind of works in my head. So it's kind of the C for Corona, which is cognition or cognitive. And I've adapted that now to really just kind of thinking about you need to use your brain. We need to use our brain daily, um, be that reading, be that learning something, be that doing some kind of um, therapy or something that you need to engage your brain in order to kind of um remain um calm and um help your mood and then the o is for organization so you kind of need to have your space organized and have your mind organized so for me that's just about kind of keeping the my my house space tidy because if you're in your lockdown and the place is a mess and your your head goes crazy with that and the R is routine, and I know some people love the fact that we don't have as much of a routine, but if you're, you're struggling with anxiety or low mood, then routine is, is such a great saviour, it, you know, to get up at the same time, to eat at the same time, to go to bed at the same time, it will just help your mood regulate and it keeps your hormones in the right place, so your cortisol level's doing what it should be doing and you're not going to get anxious at the end of the day and struggle to sleep. Your O is your offloading, so making sure that you're speaking to somebody um, every day. You need to speak to somebody, and just because we're in lockdown doesn't mean you can't. So you can just pick up the phone if you don't have somebody there, or you can email, you know, you just need to speak to somebody offload. And then N is your kind of um, your nurturing stuff, the stuff that's really good for you. So again, I'm going to put in your exercise in there, your meditation, your mindfulness. You're going to think about the good food that you should be eating, so not not eating loads of rubbish and sugar and things like that. Eating good stuff, eating your rainbow, drinking lots of water, getting lots of sleep. And A is the stuff to avoid. So I don't know. We all have our odd things that we know that we do that aren't great for us. Minor sort of staying up too late, drinking too much alcohol, um, <laughs> sugar, you know, that kind of the stuff that's bad for us. And, you know, you know, to, you, you need to avoid these things in order to kind of, again, help your mood be good. And it's hard to beat that as a checklist, I think. Um, that is impressive, yeah. yeah it, it's good to kind of keep just the things that are good for you, the things that are bad for you, and, and, and just keep your mind active. Because I think if you're kind of not doing anything, it, it kind of starts to wear down on you a lot as well. And so your background is the psychiatry. You've brought two other specialists in to help this group come together on with regards exercise. And yeah. can you explain how sort of how the three of you work together? Yeah, so um, Lucy, it's Lucy Hibbins, so she's a yoga teacher, but she's also trained in sort of meditation and um, breath work. So she has written a sort of a, a program um, 
taking all those elements into account and then Nicola Osler is a fitness coach and she has a background in things like CrossFit um, and she runs a sort of buggy boot camp so she's done everything from sort of perinatal women through to hardcore men kind of exercise so she's written a kind of a, a, a training program I guess um, and then I've written a kind of a, a therapy program which it, some of it's based on CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy that a lot of people know about but it's also it also goes backwards a little bit into people's past and, and looks at why why we are the way we are a little bit more and then towards the end of it it's, it's written as a 12-week program so towards the end of that we work into almost like life coaching so where are you going and where do you want to go um, you... and help people kind of set goals and, and, and move forward but it's all I mean it's all sort of evidence-based it's a sort of done as a 12-week program that you kind of work through and we, we tr- as I say you can do it as an individual there's a lot of evidence to say that if you can do it as part of a group it's more effective so we've kind of run group programs which are run you have a little group that's up to 15 people maximum if they're closed group on facebook where you can kind of share thoughts and ideas and what you're doing and it works really well and then we you've got access to sort of live videos and things in order to kind of um, tap into the stuff that um lucy and nicola are doing and um we can kind of adapt it because everyone's got a different starting point when it comes to their sort of physical health in particular so we can adapt it according to in the book i've written you know the the couch to 5k's in there for somebody who just is really getting started from nothing and just wants to get moving regularly do you do you share um the between the three of you do you share uploading to instagram because i find those really helpful um you know the i mean from the images to the words uh obviously i'm struggling because i'm not swimming at the moment and and i you know i know there's lots of um research and and evidence and and i think swimming is quite topical at the moment with regards to mental health but um without being in the in the water it's it's really i you know if i can swim in the morning it just sets me up for the day so well and yeah. and without that it's really tough but i'm really finding your instagram feeds really useful you know some good advice keeping you calm keeping you reassured um how do the, the three of you divide that or or do you not it's someone it's, it's just me um it's just me so i we got I mean, I've been we've been doing it for a bit now, and I, I kind of I guess most of it's marketing, isn't it? A little bit, but then that was pre-lockdown, and then you, we headed into lockdown, and somebody who's been following us had said, "Could you could you do something specific for lockdown?" Um, and we're sort of doing a daily thing we've called Green Spring. I guess it was in the aftermath of Red January that we'd all got really um, well in behind. Um, so yeah, no thanks for that. I, I, I'm posting every day, I, I guess, posting about movement is where it started from, but it's kind of thoughts every day, which um, not, not not many people are commenting on, but there's a number of people who've kind of a message afterwards, a bit like yourself, who said that they're reading them and, and, it, and it's making a difference. So um, anyone can access that. So that's, that's on Facebook or Instagram as the Cognitive Sports Therapy thread, which is great. Um, but yeah, I'm doing that myself at the minute. <laughs> That's that's nice. I mean, that's nice feedback. Thank you. yeah, no, it, it really is. It really is. And, and for anybody listening, uh, it is uh, cognitive sports therapy. Yeah. Yeah. OK, so check that out on Instagram. Definitely. Uh, but also on Facebook as well. Yeah. And, and yeah. You know, is there a plan to recreate or, or was January a one off? I remember merging into that group and that was helpful as well. Uh, you call that red January? 
Yeah, well, that was that wasn't us. That was a bigger thing. That was Mind UK, so the charity, the mental health charity, Mind set up Red January, which I actually think has been running for a few years. Um, but I've not done it until this year. Um, we managed to gather together under the cognitive sports therapy umbrella. I think we ended up with maybe sixty or seventy people who signed up to Brilliant. Red January with us. And just all we did was it, it was just logging every day, some kind of movement. Um, and it was great. I mean, it, particularly in January, it's such a grey, horrible month. And you don't necessarily feel like doing very much. And um, it certainly kept me moving through January. And, and that's what we were trying to recreate a little bit with Green Spring. But it's it's definitely been trickier, I guess, with lockdown. I think people are just struggling a bit with their mental health. And um, But I think it's making a difference to people in the background. I mean, uh, uh, they're not necessarily commenting. A lot of people listening to this will be sporting in in some way given you know the people we work with so you know they'll be doing some kind but it it is so important isn't it for well-being for mental health and you mentioned some of those studies earlier i mean have you reviewed any swimming specific because you know there's you you, open water swimming you know if you believe what you've seen in the press the last six months you know it'll cure absolutely anything and everything you know sometimes the media gets swept along with this a little bit but you know from my own experience you know finishing a a good swim just leaves you so refreshed and and agile mentally and and just alive um you know do you do you have anything confirming that do you know have you read anything yeah well, i think the the stuff that's been in the press a lot has been to do with almost that cold water swimming and kind cold, of yeah. i've been following a group called chili dippers and and there's been a lot of evidence to say that the cold water thing is 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 massive when it comes to your mental health and also for boosting your immune system it's not something you're meant to kind of jump into immediately and and um go to you know spending large amounts of time in cold water to start off with but it's something that you kind of are meant to build up to and there's a lot of evidence for that helping kind of with as I say your mental health and immune system but when it comes to swimming generally I think that the studies that I was kind of talking about before they they talk very much about it the the sport of your choice being the thing that makes a difference Mm -hmm. um so it's kind of where we're trying to go with our cognitive sports therapy we're not telling people that they have to do a hit session or that they have to do I don't know running it's about finding your sport and that's where the evidence is so definitely for a lot of people swimming will be their sport and um you know you lose that then obviously it's almost like you're you're losing part of you isn't it it's it's, um and there's something really special I think about swimming because it's also regulating your breath maybe more than some other sports are so a lot of the feedback we're getting about the programs we're running is it's the breath work is the thing that's making a difference and swimming is quite unique in that way isn't it it's it's a lot about controlling your breath and that that immersive feeling of being under the water Um, whereas with yoga you would work and develop it it, in swimming it's actually forced upon you isn't it really yeah that's interesting i hadn't thought of it in those terms before yeah yeah i mean and and you know purely from a, a a sporting perspective and an improvement you know we we value swimming's fitness and you mentioned that earlier i think you know so the the swimming fitness it's a special kind of fitness and i had my theories that you know i wonder if that's we're working hard moving against a denser medium than air whether it's the breathing you know there's no other sport really that dictates when you're allowed to to receive air um, and and that just makes you know it's a it's a good combination but you're right in terms of the other aspect 
you know, leaving you in a good state of well-being. Um, yeah. yeah, you've actually slowed down your breathing. It's been interrupted. You've got to be mindful of it. I like that. Yeah. And, it, you know, there's loads of, you know, evidence for that kind of breath work being really, really good. Um, it's probably lots of technical stuff to do with your sort of parasympathetic system and your sympathetic system and what that's doing as well. But there's not another sport like it for that. Um just to go back a fra- just to go back a second, do you, do you have any theories why um, you know swimming in the cold water is so beneficial? Is there something physical happening there? I think that's again coming down to sort of parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system, and kind of whenever you're in cold water, you're kind of all the kind of extremities are, are constricting, and what that must do to the, the kind of um, sympathetic system in particular, which is kind of your kind of fight and flight part um and sort of almost sort of shutting that down and you're going into sort of more conservation kind of mode um i, I don't know i'm kind of i'm yeah i'm making it up a bit as i go along i'd need to kind of read about it but it'll be something to do with that kind of switching off those sorts of um sensory um systems and mm-hmm. the periphery of your you know your body mm-hmm. and, and things moving more into the central system many i mean i'm not a to be honest i'm not a fan of cold water i will tolerate it um, <laughs> Me too. um but there was a, a a long time ago i was getting ready to to be part of a channel relay and i did start doing some very cold baths and there was one day i did sort of come out shivering and i felt like i had that glow and was invincible and and, and it and i just thought i wonder if that's what everyone's talking about and and, and it it was it was interesting and good but I don't think I ever really got around to recreating it. <laughs> yeah. Once was I enough. I think Lucy, who's our yogi person on our team, was trying to sell the Wilm Hof method and kind of was getting, trying to get me to read the whole kind of technique of how you build up. To and I was like, oh, I have to start by it being in a cold shower and I'm not sure that's even, that's not, it doesn't really appeal to me either, I have to say. <laughs> oh. Dr. Claire, it's been a, a fascinating 30 minutes. I know you've got a, a little one to put to bed, so I'll keep you no longer. Yeah. Um, I will get this uploaded and I will add links to the fine work you're doing so it'll all be there uh, it was lovely catching up with you and good luck for future plans and if there's another Ironman it will be sure to follow it soon and it's been a pleasure talking to you yeah you too thanks Dan. pleasure good luck with everything thank you so much